Welcome to the Bill Kelly Podcast. I'm Bill Kelly. Hamilton City Center Mall property has a sale pending with a $700 million condo complex planned for the site. How's this going to benefit the downtown? And a Hamilton City Councilor is accusing the Hamilton Center for Civic Inclusion of false information about the anti-racism center being put on hold. The Bill Kelly Podcast starts now. Today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Exciting news about Hamilton's downtown. Uh, the Hamilton City Center, the mall that was uh, built some time ago, uh, has a sale pending. And there are some exciting plans. A $700 million condo uh, complex is what we're being talked about here. And that seems to be uh, the essence of what's going on. Uh, one of the gentlemen behind this is uh, one Daryl Furston, the president of Innate, innate Developments, rather, and uh, he's with us here in studio. First of all, thanks for coming in today. It's good to see you here. Bill, thank you so much for having me here. Uh, you guys have been in business for a while. You've been working in other communities, uh, and very successfully, of course. And uh, it's, it's all urban development. It's stuff that you guys have, have been doing for quite some time. Uh, what attracted you to, to Hamilton, first of all? We love Hamilton. We've loved Hamilton for a long time. Truth be told, we've been looking for the right opportunity here for probably about four years. We were patient, and I think we found the right opportunity here. Uh, what we love about Hamilton is there's there's a buzz going on here. People want to be downtown. It's just at the start of that buzz, and we think we can be big contributors to the future to get more people working, living, and playing in downtown Hamilton to create a new lifestyle of walking and cycling and not always using their car to get into downtown. Uh, we think it's like a great place. It has an incredible heritage and built form that we think can be integrated with some new high-density development. This particular property has been a very contentious property. As I, I, You know this, obviously. You know the history of this piece of property. Uh, it goes back to the days of, of downtown you know, retail and, and the big shopping stores. That was an Eaton store at one time. It used to be called the Eaton Center. And they, obviously, when Eaton's went on the end of business, it became the Hamilton City Center. Uh, but we, we think differently now about downtowns, don't we, about what we need to do down there? Oh, absolutely. I think we need people living downtown, which is kind of what was missed back in the 90s. Uh, fortunately, our provincial government caught on to this with places to grow, and they understand that it's great for people to be downtown. We need them, again, living, working, and playing downtown. We need intensification of our cities, and it's happening, and it's going to happen in Hamilton, and we're excited to be contributors to that. It's interesting to see when the development that's happening, and, and we can use, I guess, the downtown example here in Hamilton as, as, as our prototype. Uh, a lot of the stuff that we see happening here downtown and the rebirth that's happening has been organic. Uh, it's 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 people in that community that say you know we want to do something differently. James Street is a, is a, right where you guys are going to be. Uh, was uh, let me say a challenge neighborhood about ten twelve years ago, and and the the people in that community just kind of got together and say we can do things differently. And they started with art crawls and, and a number of different things. And small shops come up, and all of a sudden you create this environment where people say I want to be around there. Oh, absolutely. And King William as yep. well there. Like the restaurants there are amazing. Uh, we, we love it. We're think, we think we're at the, this, the mall is at the center of the universe, like in terms of urban renewal. So we're excited to be there. And we think there can be more people living there. So I suspect there's a lot of people commuting there right now, some people living there. We want to see more people living there. And we hope to see more companies coming and anchoring in that location. Yeah, I, I can remember years ago, I've told the story, that late 1990s, I went to a, a planning conference in Boston, as a matter of fact, and, uh, and we wanted to do things differently in Hamilton, and we were thinking, how can we make this happen? And there's a, a, one street that stuck out with me in Boston was a place called Newberry Street, 
which is, I, I know you know it well, but it was the classic way that you want to see a downtown street develop. It had nice residential shops, restaurants, and everything. Uh, then businesses, you know, architects, lawyers, etc. on the second floor, and then residential above that. And I thought, this is the way it should be. But how do you create that? And you need the people that, like yourself and your company that have the vision to do that sort of thing. And we've got a few of them here, Cora Urban and a few other guys that have done some great developments here. But when that starts to happen, it, it really snowballs, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. It'll snowball. It'll keep coming. And I think Hamilton also has a great uh, political regime where uh, those in office see the vision, too, and are working towards some great things, such as the LRT and other elements that will add to urban renewal, which will be amazing. And it helps us. Like, I'm here doing this because I think this is what the city wants. I think the people of the city want it, and I think the politicians of the city want it, and we want to be a part of it. We like doing business where people want us to do business. When you saw this property, and you mentioned you were looking for some time now before you finally settled on this one and say, this this is where we're going to do our, our stuff here. What did you see on that property that, that made it that, that decision easy for you to say, yeah, that's the one? Uh, I mean, location, location, location. It's an incredible location. Uh, we also like the fact that it could be, it's big. It's uh, 3.54 acres. And it has the ability to be more than a tower. Like, you can do more with it. it it's, a, it's, it's a decade of visioning and building things out. And I'll talk a lot about visioning, but I'm also a pretty practical person. Like, we get things done. Our, we're building a 40-story high-rise in downtown Kitchener right now, sort of right in the center of the city. And we were under oh, construction. Oh, by the LRT. Yeah, right. Exactly. Oh, an LRT. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah we're what a coincidence. It. Yeah. So right across the street from the LRT. Uh, and that we were under construction inside a year uh, of acquiring the property. That will not be the case with city center. This is going to be a more patient uh, exercise. There's some things that are going to make it a little bit more of a longer timeline. Uh, but we are people who get things done. Talk to us, and I know you. the sale is, I guess, pending, and it's just a matter of logistics. These things take time. So we're told it's probably going to be early December before all the uh, I's are, are dotted and the T's are crossed and everything is going to go here. Uh, what do you see going forward? How do you see this property? And, and I'm glad you mentioned the size of this, because I know a lot of people, when we talk about city center, they think of that building that they see right at the corner of, of York Boulevard and James, and uh, it's a building. This is a huge tract of land. Oh, it's absolutely massive. Uh, to have this much land available in a downtown core is, is, is unusual, really. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> and surrounded by a lot of land owned by the city, which we're pretty excited about because the city is going to do great things with that land, too, and it's complementary to whatever we will do. Now, when you talk about towers, uh, talk to us about the, your vision. What what do you want to see in there? What What are you creating here? Yeah, for sure. Well, I think, again, I commend City Council and the people of Hamilton for having the vision and enacting their downtown secondary plan and seeing that they want this kind of density downtown and we are right on board uh, with that so yeah it'll be a multi-tower development um tower after another and some kind of phasing there's going to be residential components there's going to be commercial components there's going to be public amenity components we want to build a community there uh, you guys have got a great track record. Uh, you know a little bit about what we look for here in Hamilton, and, and you've talked, I know, a number of discussions with city staff about that uh, city-owned land and what some of the possibilities are. Uh, you may or may not have heard, Daryl, that uh, we're kind of kicking around the idea of building a new arena uh, downtown someplace. Uh, you've got a lot of land right there. Have, uh, would you be interested in entertaining that idea? 
We are absolutely interested in anything that, that can work. Um, I know there's talk about the, the team and where they'll go, and I think a city having an urban stadium is extremely important. I think that's been the way of the world for the last 20 years. Stadiums are being built in downtown. I know some other cities have gotten it wrong and then changed their mind and gone back to downtown. So I really, really, really hope the city is able to accomplish that new stadium and it's downtown and we'll definitely take a look and see if it works on our property, if there's a way we can do it. Uh, in saying that, I'm, I'm, I'm not a yeah, hockey I, I'm not trying operator. To get you, yeah, I'm yeah. not trying to get you to, 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 to commit to it, but you're open to discussion. Well, yeah, absolutely. We'll look at anything that's going to work. And and I'm sure, I don't know if you've had any discussions with the owner of the hockey team, Mr. Andlar, but he's said, look, it, I just want something built. Uh, and if it can be downtown, then fine, they'll entertain that idea too. It's just uh, p- politicians sometimes tend to drag their heels an awful lot, and that can be frustrating for, for entrepreneurs like yourselves that want to get moving on things. So th- there's a little frustration that's going on here. But, I mean, if, if a, a company like yours uh, can be a catalyst in any of this development, and now that you're going to be moving forward on this, even if it isn't going to include an arena, uh, it may motivate somebody else to say, okay, let's get this thing going now. So yeah, absolutely. Uh, success breeds success in your business, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And on the topic of Mr. Anlar, I've spoken to him many times, a uh, real visionary, great guy for the city of Hamilton. And I'd really love to see him get the new arena that he wants downtown. And I think he's right that a new arena is needed. The current one is too big. The cost of operating, it doesn't work. It's just not a modern arena. It's what the city needs. And it's not just hockey. We need concerts and other things that can be done in the arena, other sports. I don't know. Just more things going on downtown, more activities for people to attend. How do you... (laughs) When the creative juices start flowing here, Daryl, I mean, do you see when you look at a building, you say, you know what that could be? Uh, hey, you know what I could build here? I mean, do you do you see things differently than, than we do as we're walking down the street? Do you see what could be? I'd like to believe I dream big. Um, and I'd like to believe I envision people, not just buildings. And where are people going to go? And how does that mm-hmm. fit into the built form? What do people want? So so you've got a plan. And it's obviously a very fluid plan uh, as, as to what you want to see happen down there. Yeah, totally fluid. Like I said, we're, our core competency is high-density urban intensification. So that's what we're going to do there. We want to build. We want to build a lot there. We want to build something great. And uh, residential is our core focus, but will not be our exclusive focus. And we're open to anything that's going to work. Do you have a vision for how this is going to start? You mentioned this is going to be a, a process. You're just not going to say, okay, we're building everything at once here. Uh, this is not a mega project. This is going to be a large project that's going to be done in stages. Uh, do you have a Do you have a starting point? What stage one is going to look like? What is going to be? Uh, I think it'll be a product of listening to our customers mm-hmm. and seeing what they want, and that's how things are going to play out. It's going to come back to people and what they want and where they want to live, where they want to work, where they want to shop, and that's how we're going to play it out. Um, again, I would note that like this is not happening in the next year. This is not happening in the next two years. It's a few years down the road before something starts. We want to do it carefully. We want to do it right, and we want to do it at the right time for Hamilton. So, first of all, there's a, there's a, has to be a demolition, and that's always a messy process. We get that, but somewhere in your mind and and with your your partners, you've got a, a vision as to what you want to see happen exactly on this property and and where it's going to be located. Yeah, we're working our way through, but it's likely there's a phased approach, a tower or two at a time, 
keeping a lot of the existing mall as is and doing it carefully and slowly and not just leaving a big hole in the center of downtown Hamilton for a decade. I've seen that happen in other cities and it's not pretty. No, I'm not going to do that. Well, it doesn't do a whole lot for confidence, does it, when people just see a big hole in the ground and nothing going on there because they think, well, nothing is going to go on there. Uh, so what we're looking for, I guess, is activity. And, you know, and we're seeing this. I mean, I know you've spent a lot of time in downtown Hamilton in the last little while. Uh, the Leuna project that's going on right across from Gore Park, and you know, that looked—that was a big hole in the ground for the longest time. But they're starting to make progress on this. Uh, and I know that there were non-believers that always said, "Look, that kind of development's never going to happen in Hamilton. People don't buy condos downtown." Uh, but all of a sudden, uh, if you build it, they will come. I mean, there seems to be this attitude right now that we're looking for for that kind of product that you're talking about now for downtown, because this is where we want to relocate. There's a different generation, and there's a different mindset now for the the people that want to purchase those uh, those kind of residential properties. Yeah, absolutely. There's a lot of risks in this for us, and we understand those risks. The one that we're least concerned about is people being interested in buying or living here. That is the least concern for us. We believe the demand is there. It's uh, getting there that's you know can be the more challenging part. And this also is a site where. It is not in our best interest to leave a big hole in the center of downtown for a long period of time. We have some wonderful business operators. Uh, That's my background, a business operator, and I appreciate all the wonderful tenants we have in our building. And we want to, you know, keep them there for as long as we can to keep operating our businesses successfully. And we can see a phasing plan where we can add some density, which adds customers for them while their stores still remain there and operate. And we can improve their lives and their businesses over time. And as we phase through the project, we're going to create new commercial space, which will add opportunities for new businesses to come in or some businesses to move around the site. So we do respect and appreciate all the businesses that we currently work with, both in our mall or what will be our mall and around us. So we, I would, again, say we're business operators and we really respect other business operators. I mean, just as giant malls have to have an anchor tenant, so do these developments, don't they? They have to have something that's going to be an anchor, an attraction. On that ground floor, the commercial element of this is a very important part of this, isn't it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, so there'll definitely be a commercial element. I'm sure we'll have some wonderful restaurants. We'll have a full glass face and high ceilings and brand new HVAC systems and everything. Lots of potential customers living right there on site. And we're hoping to find the right anchors. I don't know where this goes. One of the towers could be an office. Maybe there's some incredible business that wants to come here and say, Hamilton's going to be our corporate headquarters and we want a brand new LEED certified building here. Um, Maybe there's a grocery store that says, hey, more and more people are living downtown. They need somewhere to buy their food. We need a real, real grocery store here. Not sure where it's going to go. Well, the fact that you're flexible about this, I think, is, is actually a, a, a big part of this because, you know, you, you have to be fluid about this and just see where's the market going and and what, what are people asking for? What are they looking for in a, in a development like this? But, but you've got a track record. You've got a history of doing this and be very successful at it. Uh, this is a pretty exciting time, and it's, it's, it's one of those pieces of the puzzle that I, I'm sure you've heard from the mayor and others that we've been looking for an answer for for a long, long time. And, and this is a this is going to be a great marriage with your professionalism and, and your expertise and, and, and the desire, I think, to do something kind of special with that part of the city. Yeah, we're, we're very excited. I think we will be in constant communication with the city. We're, uh, if nothing else, we're a very easy to communicate with firm. So uh, everyone will have my number and can call me anytime they want to talk about anything they want. <laughs> Uh, listen, this is uh, this is great news for that part of town. It's great news for everybody downtown as we uh, look to see uh, what's going to be happening in Hamilton's future. And this was always a, an area of concern. 
Uh, it, it's a lot lost on me, by the way, that you're going to be right beside some of the Jackson Square. and that's, So you've got 1970s mindset about urban development and your 21st century. And uh, here's hoping that, uh, that, that this bleeds over into that, too. I mean, we, we've done some things like other cities have that haven't quite been the way they should really be. You want to get people on the street. You want to get people living downtown. Uh, and that's that's what the, the the people at any developments are doing. And uh, to have you guys uh, working with the city down here, I think is is just great. And I know the mayor's excited about this, and I think everybody in this community is excited about this. Uh, I'm I'm not going to rush you and say when's the shovel going to get in the ground because, as you say, there's a lot of work yet to be done on this. But the fact that you guys are here and committed to this, I think, is that's the takeaway, and that's the good news here. Thanks again, Daryl. Great to have you in here. I know you and I will talk a lot more about this as uh, as you start rolling out the the project. Bill, thank you so much for having me and us, and to the city of Hamilton, thank you so much for having us. Daryl Furston, uh, president of NA Developments, uh, the old uh, city center downtown, has uh, got a bright future, and so does the city. You're listening to the Bill Kelly Show podcast on 900 CHML. Well, I want to continue along the theme about downtown redevelopment, uh, because it is an exciting story, and there's a lot of great things that are going on in our community right now. We just uh, met Daryl Thurston uh, from uh, NA Developments uh, just a couple of minutes ago, and uh, great news about the uh, the city center property and, and the surrounding area, too. It's a much bigger property than I think a lot of people envisioned. Uh, and that's going to be starting, uh, as Daryl said, over a period of time. Uh, and uh, uh, that looks after a great big chunk of the downtown core. But there are other things that are going on, too. And it's a very active uh, economic development department for the city of Hamilton. Uh, and to, to give us more detail about that, I want to bring Judy Lamb into the conversation. Judy is the manager of Urban Renewal with the Economic Development Department for the city of Hamilton. Judy, thank you for the time. Good to have you with us today. Thank you. It's great to be here. It is an exciting time for downtown Hamilton. Well, there's a lot going on here. And I, I know that, you know, if, even for people that are living in the downtown core, Judy, a lot of the time they're not cognizant of a, a lot of the development that's going on. Uh, we see some cranes in the sky. We see some other things. But uh, uh, you guys are very busy at economic development right now. Maybe you could walk us through just the, the process about how these sorts of things come about and how a, a great company like N8 Developments gets involved in a project in Hamilton. I think it's part of what we've been doing over many years. So, you know, it didn't just happen overnight. Uh, you know, we've been working on economic development plans for the downtown for, you know, over a decade. And so part of it has been getting the message out to the GTA and sur- surrounding areas, because as you said, it's not just our local residents, it's also people, especially from the GTA, you know, they, they might have an impression of Hamilton from way back. And so part of it is getting them come out. And when they come out, they're actually so surprised. They said, we didn't know all this was happening. So when they see the, the new restaurants that are opening up all over, and then they see the construction cranes and all the, not just condos, but now even uh, apartment rentals that is attracting, you know, because as Toronto becomes more and more unaffordable, you know, this area, given that it's an urban environment, it's close to transit, you know, we have two GO stations and a third on the way. It really makes a lot of sense in terms of the quality of life. And so part of it is also the opportunities for employment so that you don't have to commute anymore. And so when we have all these projects, places for people to live, places for people to go out and eat and shop, and then also the fact that you were near the escarpment and the waterfront, I think is a a great story. And they, they see this as the next I think, um, environment where they want all to be. 
And, and part of the job, I guess, at the city level anyway, Judy, is is to to create that infrastructure to make it important. Uh, when we were just talking with Daryl a few minutes ago from NA Developments, uh, he mentioned the fact that they're right now involved in a project in downtown Kitchener, uh, a high rise that they're putting in there right by the the the, the LRT line. Uh, and of right. course, it's not lost on him that the LRT line is not going to run too far, just a couple of blocks away from uh, this city center piece of property as well. So the and and for those skeptics that were saying, well, yeah, what kind of development are you guys going to attract? Here's an example of it. Uh, in anticipation of the LRT being finished, uh, all of a sudden this company in a developments says, yeah, we'll we'll come downtown, we'll build down there. So it's already starting to pay dividends, isn't it? You know, it it happened the minute LRT was announced. So several years ago, we saw it immediately. So yes, we heard from the skeptics, but you know, I think you have to plan for the future. And the fact that uh, less and less people want to use their car, but, uh, you know, just hearing from the city manager's breakfast this morning, in terms of sustainability and improvement to health, that we walk more and use our cars less, it's part of that. But it's also, yes, it was attracting investment and interest from outside Hamilton way before, as soon as LRT was announced. And so now that it's getting close to fruition, that, you know, construction will actually start in, in some time, now you even see more of interest because they see it as a reality. I think if a couple years back, you know, given there was an election, they want to make sure this LRT was going to happen. And now that we're assured of that, you're, you're starting to see that uh, interest uh, multiply. One of the great things that uh, we've noticed, uh, and I talked to Daryl about this a few minutes ago too, Judy, was uh, – the city can do so much, and like I say, you can set the table for this, and, and of course you're answering the phone call and you're doing the promotion uh, to try to attract people in the industry, but there's something going on in this community itself, or and I mentioned the word organic, I mean, because it, it's from the ground up. Uh, when you look at the development of King William Street and uh, and James Street North and some of the things that have happened in other areas of the city, uh, that uh, that just simply kind of, it's a community and a neighborhood taking upon itself to simply say, we can do better, there's other things that we can do here, and, and that growth all of a sudden makes it a very attractive place for, for outside investors to come into. Uh, for sure. The city can't do it alone, and it's it's the partnerships and the private sector that all work together. And yes, a lot of it, if you look at James Street North with its art crawl, that happened organically, and the city didn't have anything to do with it. And then, you know, with uh, people like Tim Potacek with Supercrawl, bringing more people to the city, but also residents that hadn't been downtown for for many years. Then you bring them downtown, and you say, oh, things have changed. So, you know, we as I like how you put it, we can only set the table, but it really depends on the private sector to sort of uh, invest and believe in what's happening. And I think when we all work together and, you know, we, we have our partners, whether it's Mohawk, McMaster, the port, the airport, we all work together well. And I, I think that's an advantage of Hamilton is that we are sort of like a big, small town in that we all want to make Hamilton better. So we work together. And sometimes it, that's hard in a really big city because they're too big. But in, for us, we all work together. And but this and there's some things that ha- just happened and, and I don't want to say well that was the moment that everything turns around because the, there's a there's a process and a lot of things that are going on but obviously for that end of town and and we're still in the same neighborhood of the city center property as well Judy uh, I think one of the turnaround elements and one of the things that really acted as a catalyst was w- when the Leuna folks got involved in the Lister block and just said we're going to do something here because uh, you you need somebody to say okay this is going to be the first step. 
And and it just seemed as if an awful lot of things started to flow from the fact that that building was rejuvenated and that building became an anchor for that area. And it, it started to spread down King William Street and down James Street. That's true. I mean, Leona has played a big part in helping out the city downtown. I mean, they're doing big uh, construction projects in terms of residential. Mm-hmm. The, they rejuvenate Lister Block. And uh, so so that did start everything. And, you know, I think this city center project has garnered a lot of attention because of its massive site, you know, at 3.4 acres. I, I say it's sort of a game changer because that started it all, and this will just keep it going. I mean, this I think this Hamilton is just at the beginning of where we will be in, in even uh, five, ten years. So it's so exciting to be here to see how this just keeps accelerating. Well, and, and there are players here. And, uh, and uh, I, I can go back to my early days on city council back in the late 1990s where it was a little more challenging for the Economic Development Department uh, to, to try to generate some of this activity and some of this business. But now you look at the players that are here, and you mentioned Leuna, of course, and, and, and now we've got innate developments down there. And uh, there are other players, of course, core urban developments, uh, who do their thing, of course, with, with uh, the restoration and rejuvenation of older buildings. And they've done some incredible work in that neighborhood as well. Uh, and then you've got Blair Blanchard and some other folks that are just, it seems as if all of a sudden this is becoming a beehive of activity and people want to be downtown and these developers want to be involved in downtown. For sure. And, you know, the, the word spreads across Canada. I was at a, um, a national conference in Alberta in September, and people came up to me from other economic development uh, communities all across Canada. They said, what is going on with Hamilton? They've been hearing about us across Canada. So it's great that we're getting the message out. I think part of it is that attention when, when it builds, people start hearing about and sometimes when I go to Toronto, they said, you know, when, when did this happen? When did it start? That, how come we hear about Hamilton all the time? So that's part of going out and spreading the word, doing speeches and um, attending more groups and being asked to speak at conferences and so on. So it is sort of snowballing. And it, it's great when you don't have to do as much of a selling job because a lot of them have heard, oh, Hamilton's the place to be. Well, it's it's a metamorphosis that has occurred, and, and I know there's some people listening that maybe can go back and remember, even if it was in their childhood, uh, of the 1960s downtown Hamilton, and it was a pretty vibrant place. We had some great shops down there and some local businesses that have been there for years and generations and generations, and there was a lot of activity, a lot of people working downtown. Uh, and then there was that bad period about in the 70s or so, and, and King William Street and a lot of other places, including James North, uh, not so good. Uh, but to see the way that this has redeveloped, and, and the city has played their role, and I go back to that idea about setting the table. Uh, if you talk to Tim Potasik and a number of the other people that have invested in James Street North in the last number of years, they will tell you that one of the catalysts for that was the conversion of James Street to two-way, as opposed to the, the one way that it was for so many years, that it made it more of a people street and more of a friendly street, and people felt like they were comfortable there. So the city has a role to play here, certainly, and, and they, they are doing their part. And, of course, we talked about LRT. Uh, it just seems as if all of a sudden there's a game plan and people are starting to buy into the game plan. Yeah, I, I think in terms of urban renewal and in economic development, part of it was, you know, we saw things that had to change from its, you know, worst downturn period is that, okay, first you had to make it clean and safe. So that's working with 
the police and, you know, action officers, making it visible that we are safe downtown. Then getting the business to invest in themselves. So having facade grants where we will share the cost of making your storefront um, or retail more attractive so that people want to come down. And then we, you know, encourage the redevelopment of properties in terms of more residential. That means getting the people that live here so that they can start shopping and eating out at restaurants again. And then the third part then, is, the other part then is getting the companies to locate downtown because that's where the, it's important for the density. And I think what I'm most excited about, about having all these residents and students now moving downtown is that that is what attracts companies to locate in our city, which ultimately is, you know, I want to create more job opportunities for people so they don't have to commute out of the city, is that when you um, look at what companies want to, where they decide to locate, they want to make sure they ha- they can have the talent to hire. And so when we have all these young people living downtown, they, they see that uh, availability, and so that encourages them. So, you know, it's sort of all connected. It's not just about residential or making it attractive. And you, we did do pilot projects. We introduced on-street patio programs and streetscaping to make it more attractive. So it all fits together. And ultimately, it will also help us because we increase the tax revenue for the city, but we attract all those companies to locate here. Well, and some of the ones that are growing up organically here are, are staying here, too. And I see this every year, Judy, when we talk to the Lions Lair uh, finalists, of course, uh, for, for the Innovation Factory uh, and that uh, that great competition that they have. But And we're, all these places that are starting up businesses, and it might only be six or seven employees initially, but they start to grow, of course. But they want to stay here because they say, you know what, this this is where it started. We've got the support services in place here, and and credit McMaster University and Mohawk for that, uh, for you know the partnership with the innovation uh, factory that's going on here, and of course the innovation park right across the road from us. But to grow new businesses and have those businesses stay here and then start hiring local people, uh, and they want to live someplace, and the business is downtown, they want to live downtown. So it, one hand feeds the other here, doesn't it? Sure, and you know we also so we we love those small business. I mean, uh, it's been proven small business create most of the jobs in uh, an uh, environment, and so having Hamilton Business Center also in City Hall helping people more, uh, who want to start a business, you know, having Hamilton Immigration Partnership Council within economic development is also encouraging immigrants that uh, they can open up offices here. So part of that is yeah, all connected, and and we love to retain those businesses and help them grow because, yes, ultimately it's small business that create the most jobs in a city. What about the future for downtown? we got a couple of minutes left here. I want to talk about some of the other possibilities that are happening. And, and we've talked in the past with the, with the ECDEV department about about attracting you know some of those larger businesses to the business parks and, of course, the airport employment lines. And, and that seems to be happening. Uh, some of the business parks are full right up right now, as a matter of fact, and that's a good news story. But what about the downtown development itself? We talked about this parcel of land, which is a significant parcel right in the middle of the downtown. Uh, the city has other tracts of land, too. Uh, uh, the open for business sign is up right now. Do you see possibilities here for some of these other properties that that the city would like to see developed? Well, in terms of you know some some will be designated for affordable housing projects. Mm-hmm. Some, uh, for example, we've signed a MOU with the uh, film studio group, and that's going to be part of the uh, ULI event this afternoon, 
where they will talk about their huge development on Barton Tiffany. Yeah. So I think, you know, that was a large swath of land as well. When you look at that, and that's going to be mixed use with residential and a film studio and offices. And, you know, they're, they're going to be talking this afternoon about their vision of that. And, you know, its proximity to the GO station, you know, is highly attractive in terms of where it can draw from because that's also many, many jobs for people in that creative sector that doesn't have to commute to Toronto anymore. So, yeah, we are looking at, I guess, um, all our opportunities for land and where that should take the development. And I, I will say it's, um, you know, I can't announce anything soon, but there's many big companies with, uh, you know, hundreds of jobs that are now interested in downtown. Well, and the film studio, I think, is a classic example of that. There was some consternation about what was going to happen with that parcel of land. I don't want to get into the history of it. You and I both yeah. know it. No sense dredging that up again. But they, they said, okay, what next? And uh, and what a great uh, solution to this when these people come along and say, we've got an idea. Boy, this is exactly what we're looking for. And, and it becomes a win-win for the city in situations like that. And you've always tried, I know in economic development, they've always tried to maintain that linkage between the downtown core and the waterfront. Waterfronts are so important to it, to urban developments these days. And uh, we've got a great waterfront, and obviously the city's investing in that in a big way too. So that distance between the downtown core and the waterfront seems to be shrinking each and every year with each and every one of these developments. Yes, and I, I think that waterfront project is also bringing a lot of attention to Hamilton. You know, there's not, there's there's uh, no waterfront that can be expanded, so the fact that for the first time we're going to be building that residential and, and also looking at commercial uses along Guy Street is an opportunity for developers, but to activate that whole area and its linkage to downtown. So eventually, you know, I think you're going to have all the way James Street south, all the way north to the GO station, then all beyond to the waterfront. And so, yes, the downtown will feel like one, one bigger area. Exciting times for the city of Hamilton, and uh, as we said at the beginning of this hour here, in a development side, the latest one to jump on side to say, yeah, we're, we're interested. We want to build in downtown Hamilton, and as you mentioned, the phone is ringing. I, I probably should let you go now because I'm sure you got through with three messages already. You need to return the calls uh, for, for downtown development, so I'll let you get back at it, Judy. Thank you so much for this. Okay. Let's stay in touch because I know that you've got some news uh, in the not-too-distant future, and we'll be talking about some of those developments too, okay? Great. Thank you very much. Judy Lamb, of course, the manager of Urban Renewal for uh, Economic Development for the City of Hamilton. Some good news stories, and we need to talk about those. Uh, and again, because I know there are still some skeptics about some of the plans that City Council has and, and the resulting development or non-development, as some people seem to want to characterize it. But uh, the fact that a company the size of NA Developments is all of a sudden on record is saying, yeah, we're here. Uh, we'll finalize this sale, and we're going to build there. And what a coincidence. Uh, he mentioned the LRT, I think, four times in our conversation just a few minutes ago. You're listening to the Bill Kelly Show podcast on 900 CHML. One city councillor is accusing the Hamilton Center for Civic Inclusion of uh, false information about why anti-racism set, says, uh, the anti-racism center rather, uh, was put on hold. And uh, there are some suggestions and accusations that the city actually tried to withhold money from that organization. Uh, Brad Clark is the city council representative in in this uh, endeavor, and uh, he joins us on the Bill Kelly Show to talk about this. Brad, thank you for the time. Glad to have you with us again today. My pleasure, as always, Bill. It's uh, more than a little ironic, I guess, that two of the agencies that are supposed to help fighting uh, hatred and racism uh, seem to be battling with city council right now. What's going on here? 
I can't speak to the the confidential email that I sent to counsel. What I can tell you is that on October 25th, um, I, uh, with the assistance of Councillor Wilson, who is the council's point person on HCCI, uh, I had a meeting with HCCI representatives uh, and Councillor Nan, and and um, we are confident that all of the parties uh, who were party to the original agreement with the Hamilton Anti-Racism Resource Center uh, are committed to seeing it, it operate in a sustainable and effective manner. Um, and all of the parties agree that it was paused um, with a decision by all three parties um, for some specific personnel issues and, and other challenges that they had. Well, let me, I don't know. You, when you get into personnel issues, I understand, Brad, that there has to be a sense of confidentiality. I get that. But one of the questions a lot of people were asking is why all of a sudden did, as it turns out, everybody jointly decide that it was time to hit the pause button on this situation? Uh, uh, and that led to even more speculation that, well, maybe these guys didn't have their ducks in a row and jumped into this thing too soon. They didn't have the org uh, situation all set up here. What, what were the problems? I can give you my personal observations. Yeah, that's what I, sure. And, and I stress they're my personal observations. Uh, so I uh, inherited the file in February of this year. And when I was briefed on the file and met with the parties involved, um, it became pretty clear to me that the governance structure that was in place um, was diplomatically ill-defined. It, it, there was no board of directors, there were no procedural bylaws, there were no governing documents. There were three parties that came together with the best of intentions to create something new in Hamilton, the Hamilton Anti-Racism Resource Center. There was an agreement on funding. The city of Hamilton would pay $100,000 of cash, McMaster would pay 70000 and HCCI consented to $30,000 of in-kind contributions, office um, equipment, things along that line, um, uh, services within their office. Um, there was a steering committee of advisors um, that were frustrated that their advice wasn't being received. There were, in my opinion, I, 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 I believe conflicting expectations between all of the parties and without governing documents to really set in place where you're going and what you're going to be doing, what your mandate is, uh, I think that became challenging and, and eventually that imploded on itself. Um, the personnel issues, I think, just came about as a result of all of that, uh, those, those challenges. And so I think the three parties made the right decision to pause it. Uh, they want to see it succeed. They want to see it sustainable, effective, successful, um, and the only way to get there was to uh, do a public consultation, um, get the advice of the broader community, and then come forward with recommendations in terms of how this this uh, center um, should be governed um, and, and reboot it in 2020. 
Brad, you've been in politics a long time, and, and, and you understand, I don't need to tell you, uh, that elected officials can be under a great deal of pressure to, to move, do something now or to do something yesterday in some cases. And there have been a series of events over the last year or a year and a half or so in this city that, that I think have, have raised a number of voices in this community to say, why isn't council acting on this? Uh, with that in mind, is, is there a feeling in hindsight maybe that, that this, this, this launched program here was maybe not ready to go yet at that stage? Uh, I wasn't here at the time when it was launched, so I, I, it, it's challenging for me to to make um, a determination. Uh, I think the service is needed. I think the center is needed. I think there is overwhelming support in the broader community to have this uh, Hamilton Anti-Racism Resource Center in a sustainable and effective model with good governance that's, that's community-based, that that will be reporting to the broader public about uh, issues of racism and discrimination, that will be making recommendations to council in terms of how we as a city can move forward and resolve these issues, that would make annual reports so that we can monitor and see patterns over time to see whether or not uh, the solutions that are being offered are being effective, um, and really provide services to to people who are facing um, race, racism and discrimination every single day in their lives, and and um, the, the, from my experience in the in in the, over the summer in the consultations, I can tell you that there are some horrific examples uh, in our community of lived experience uh, with racism. So, I think everyone is committed to the center moving forward, um, and I. I'm, I'm loath to, to try to relitigate or try to understand how it failed in the past. I'm committed to, to doing what I can to help it succeed. So, in other words, if I'm reading your, your comments correctly, it uh, doesn't matter how we got here, whatever it might have gone right or wrong. You're simply saying, here's where we are now. What are we going to do to make this work? Exactly. So, we spent the summer uh, consulting with uh, many different organizations and associations. We went to many festivals, the Committee Against Racism, uh, uh, the city's diversity inclusion office, um, the three parties that were a party to the original HARC agreement. Um, we did an online survey, so tonight the online survey results will be released publicly for the first time. Uh, and I think it's, it's, it's going to reinforce that there are real uh, significant issues in our, in our broader community that needs addressing. And, and I, I remain convinced that everyone wants this center to succeed. With that in mind, though, if, if it was mutually agreed upon by all three parties that, okay, let's, let's just cool it for a few minutes until we, we fix that stuff up, why all of a sudden, it, it, and, and again, I know you don't want to get into the contents of the letter you sent to your council colleagues, but uh, the, the theme of it seemed to be that there was a lot of misinformation that was emanating from, from at least one of those other parties about council's role or responsibility in this. Why, why the disconnect there? I can't explain the disconnect. I think it was appropriate for me to, to advise my council colleagues and meet with HCCI as soon as I became aware of it and, and, and we dealt with it. I think everyone is on the same page uh, at this particular point in time. I'm confident that we're all on the same page at this particular point in time and, and no one wants to look backwards. We only want to move forward to ensure that the center really does become something unique in Hamilton that is effective, that is sustainable, that has a funding model, that has a good governance structure, 
uh, and that can actually do uh, remarkable work uh, in the area of racism discrimination within our community. We have a hate issue in our community, and, and we have to do everything we can um, to educate the public and start moving the yardsticks forward so that we really, truly can celebrate Hamilton as an accepting community. The, as you know, the vast majority of our residents are, are incredibly tolerant and accepting, loving, caring, compassionate, charitable people in Hamilton. It's a small number of people that are causing these issues, but we can't ignore it. And, and so this center will help us. And again, knowing some of the personalities involved in these, uh, yourself and Councilor Wilson, of course, from the City Council side of things, but even some of the other people from uh, that are involved in the Anti-Racism uh, Resource Center, uh, I, I, everybody has the best of intentions, and I think I, I agree with you on that point as well. But if, in fact, part of the reason for this uh, misinformation that was being uh, spread at, at one point uh, might be indicative of, of a poor communication schedule. What can you do uh, as, as a committee now, Brad, to try to improve that so, so that everybody is on the same page going forward? I think as we move forward with, with um, the relaunch or the reboot, uh, we need to have uh, more frequent uh, updates to the broader community. Uh, we need to make sure that when we bring forward the recommendations that will ultimately be going um, to uh, city council that um, the residents and the participants and, and all of those who are committed to the center have an opportunity to speak to those recommendations and share their insights, um, support, and, and criticisms. Um, nothing is ever perfect, but the, more, the, the broader the consultation uh, we do, uh, the better chances that we will have of creating a successful governance model for, for HARC. What are the voices that we've heard to deal with some of the issues, the Gage Park uh, problems, of course, that occurred last summer, uh, and some of the subsequent rallies? Uh, was that th there are advisory committees in place for some of those uh, issues and for some of those groups already, uh, who don't feel as if they're actually being listened to by City Council? Uh, and I know for somebody like yourself and others that have been deeply involved in this, that, that's that's something that makes you wince, I suppose, but that's their perception of it. Uh, and again, that's something that needs to be addressed. Can this committee actually do that and try to assuage some of those concerns? Uh, I can speak to the Committee Against Racism. Uh, it has been a very effective committee. They have worked long and hard to create the Hamilton Anti-Racism Resource Center, uh, and their advice has been heard by council, and council did move forward with HARC. Um, I, I really can't speak to, to other allegations where um, different challenges have occurred or issues were not being heard um, by council uh, as, as being alleged by, by different advisory committees. I take the work of advisory committees very seriously. I think my colleagues do, too, around that table, um, and it's really... There's, there's an awful lot of latitude for an advisory committee in terms of what they can do, um, issues that they can deal with. Uh, they can set up working groups to look into things and, and make recommendations to council. Um, it's a big city, and the only way that we can govern it effectively is if we have real, authentic civic engagement utilizing our advisory committee. So I'm confident that, that we are uh, doing what we can to take their advice and act on their advice. But there's no doubt from time to time, Bill, that there are going to be individuals who don't feel that we're acting fast enough or that we're listening. 
the areas of concern you know, that you you mentioned uh, that seem to be prevalent in, in causing everybody to decide, okay, let's just call time out here for a little bit. Have they been addressed? Are you guys are you on the same track here? And, and, and is this committee ready to, to get back to work? I, I believe that 100%. I, I believe that um, the parties, all of the participants over the summer, everyone is on the same page. They all want to see the Hamilton Anti-Racism Resource Centre be uh, sustainable, have a good uh, sustainable funding, um, be effective, have a good governance structure that makes it accountable and makes it have a clear mandate so that everyone understands what the expectations are as we're moving forward. And I think over time that we're going to see uh, an organization um, strengthen and, and really de- um, deliver for the broader community. You've heard some of the criticisms about other advisory committees too that uh, they're you know they they're not accessible. The public doesn't know what's going on. Uh, how are you going to make sure that what you're doing on this committee is 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 be, that information is being disseminated to the public and and to some of the the groups that are going to be impacted by this? Well, I, I think that'll be a part of the governance structure for the Hamilton Anti-Racism Resource Center. They 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 have to be accountable to to not just council but to the broader community. So. Um, one of the things that, that I think many people would like to see is an annual report that comes out of HARC that addresses the different issues that they've dealt with, the different examples of racism that they've experienced over the year in terms of being reported to them, um, different research projects that they've done, and, and provide a fulsome annual report so that people can truly understand what's going on. And then from that point, we can see patterns and start to see whether or not the different um, mechanisms that we're implementing are actually being effective. Uh, I, I think that's how we, we ensure that the public is well-informed um, and has comfort that the center is, is actually delivering. Well, there's certainly a need for this, and you and I have talked about that over the last number of months, about uh, some of the, uh, the other uh, activities and, and incidents that have occurred here in the city, uh, which is why I think so many people were looking forward to to the work that uh, that Harker is going to be doing. And sounds as if everything has been resolved, and, and hopefully we can talk about moving forward on this. Uh, Brad, as always, thanks so much for the time today. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Bill. I appreciate the time. Brad Clark, of course, City Councilor and also a representative of the City Council, representative of one of them anyway on the uh, Hamilton Anti-Racism Resource Center. The acronym there is HARC. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML. The Bill Kelly Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts from. You can also listen to The Bill Kelly Show weekdays from 9 till noon on 900 CHML. I'm Bill Kelly. Thanks again for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. It's free, so you never miss an episode. And make sure that you rate and review.